0: Hello, and welcome to The World's Last Night. My name is James Thayer. Today we are in uh, Genesis chapter 10. I'm also going to do chapter 11. There's going to be a lot of fast reading, and in fact, I might even skip a portion of chapter 11 because we have a ton of genealogies to go through. Uh, we're picking up after Noah, um, and he has had his sons Shem, Ham, and Japheth, and we're going to follow some of their line linea- lineages lineages. And, uh, and then we're going to talk about the Tower of Bab- Babylon and finish up introducing our main character, Abram, who would later be called Abraham. So, here we go. We're picking it up in verse 1, chapter 10. These are the family records of Noah's sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. They also had sons after the deluge. Okay. Japheth's sons, Gomer, Magog, Madai, Javan, Tubal, Meshesh, and Tiras. These are very... Jewish-sounding names. Um, okay, I'm going to skip a lot of this. Uh, so we're talking about Japheth's sons, and we're going to talk about some people that they um, sired. All right, then we have Ham's sons, which were Cush, Egypt, Put, and Canaan. And you remember Canaan was the one that was cursed, the first firstborn, cursed by Noah. So then Cush had sons, Seba, Havilah, Sabta, Rama, and Sabtika. And Rama's sons, Sheba, and Dadan. Okay, so now we're going to get to someone a little more important. Cush fathered Nimrod, which is just a funny name, who was the first powerful man on earth. Uh, So I, I take that to mean he was somewhat of a king. He was a leader. He had lots of followers. He was a powerful hunter in the sight of the Lord. So some commentators... Uh, we'll say, this is basically saying he's opposed to the Lord. He was a powerful hunter, opposed to the Lord. I'm not convinced either way, but uh, we'll keep reading. So, that is why it is said, Like Nimrod, a powerful hunter in the sight of the Lord. His kingdom started with Babylon, Erech, Akkad, and Calneh in the land of Shinar, which I believe is uh, Mesopotamia. But basically... What's interesting is that he, his kingdom includes Babylon, which is a big uh, player in the rest of the Bible, at least the Old Testament, um, where it's, ain't, uh, historically is a very beautiful city, um, very advanced city compared to other ones, and uh, I'm gonna keep reading a little bit. We're down in verse eleven, talking about uh, Nimrod. From that land, he went to Assyria and built Nineveh. And Nineveh is our main city we're going to see later on with uh, the story of Jonah and the fish. Uh, Jonah is sent by God to preach repentance to Nineveh. I've actually mentioned them before uh, in, this, in this podcast. Okay, so Egypt fathered Ludim, Anamim, Lehamim, Zaph to him, and a bunch of other people. Canaan fathered all these people, the Hittites. That's interesting, we're in verse 15 um, the Hitt- Hittites, It's for the longest time, we had zero archaeological evidence of the Hittites, and yet they were mentioned in our Bible. But um, we actually have, like, I think it's when the, within the last hundred years or so, discovered archaeological evidence proving the Hittites actually lived, which is very cool. So the Jebusites, the Amorites, the Girgashites, the Hivites, the Arkites, the Sinites, you're going to hear a lot of these names actually again, especially... Um, he says down here. Afterwards, Canaanite clan the Canaanite clans scattered. The Canaanites. A lot of these people are settling in what will be the future promised land that God takes the Hebrew people to. So you're gonna you're gonna hear some of these people come up again. Verse 19. The Canaanite border went from Sidon, going towards Gerar, as far as Gaza, which you've heard of Gaza, the Gaza Strip in Israel, uh, modern day, and going towards Sodom, Gomorrah. Adma, and Zeboim, as far as Lasha. Sodom and Gomorrah, you're going to have probably heard of before also. These are going to be two cities that God is later going to condemn, and Jesus is going to reference in the New Testament. Um, And in the way he references it's actually very important because he basically talks about how if Sodom and Gomorrah had seen the miracles and signs that Jesus was producing, then they would have repented. And yet Jesus is saying that the current generation that he's preaching to and who has seen the miracles are not repenting that their, their, des- their destiny or damnation is going to be worse than those of Sodom and Gomorrah because they actually have this miracle worker in Jesus there, and they're still not repenting. So, so these are Ham's sons. We're in verse 20. By their clans, according to their languages, in their own lands, and their nations... And Shem, Japheth's older brother, also had children. Shem was the father of all the children of Eber. Shem's sons were Elam, Ashur, Arpashad, Lud, and Aram. These are great names. Aram's sons, Uz, Hu, Gether, and Mash. I'm not even going to try to pronounce that one. One was named Peleg for during the earth. Was divided His brother was Joktan. All right, a lot of this stuff is lost. Um, Okay. These are, so verse 31, these are Shem's sons by their clans according to their languages and their lands and their nations. 30, verse 32, these are the clans of Noah's sons according to their family records and their nations, the nations on earth spread out from these after the flood. Whoo! That was all chapter 10, a bunch of genealogies, some interesting things um, in there, some characters we're going to revisit, but let's move on to chapter 11, the Tower of Babylon. All right, verse one. At one time, the whole earth had the same language and vocabulary. That makes sense. If they all descended from Noah or, you know, before that, Adam and Eve, you're going to have the same language. So, verse 2. As people migrated from the east, they found a valley in the land of Shinar and settled there. Once again, I think, I think that Shinar, I think, is Mesopotamia. Cool. Um, settled there. They said to each other, "'Come, let us make oven-fired bricks.' They had brick for stone and asphalt for mortar. And they said, come, let us build ourselves a city and a tower with its top in the sky. Let us make a name for ourselves. Otherwise, we'll be scattered over the face of the whole earth. There's, there's a lot of things I'd like to talk about this. And some of it's actually political. And I try to stray from that. But I will say this um, the, uh, theologically on that, on that side of things. God told these people... To fill the earth, multiply, fill the earth, and yet these people, by chapter eleven, we're not that far after the flood, right? They're saying, "No, let's not. Let's not do that. Let's not scatter over the earth. Let's uh, let's make a name for ourselves." So they're delving into pride. They don't want to make a name for God, right? They're they're basically doing self-worship. And, uh, and they're disobeying God directly because he told them to fill the earth. And they're saying, no, we don't want to do that. We, uh, you know, otherwise we'll be scattered over the face of the whole earth. So it seems, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Innoculous. It seems like these people, what they're doing isn't so bad, but if you put it in context of what God has commanded them to do, and you look at the heart Behind why they are doing this big urbanization project. Uh, They are in disobedience to God and their heart is about them and making a name for themselves instead of making a name for the Lord who basically delivered their family from this flood. Okay, so verse 5, God's not happy with this. Then the Lord came down to look over the city and the tower that the men were building. The Lord said, if as one people all having the same language, they have begun to do this, then nothing they plan to do will be impossible for them. Come, let us go down there. There's that us again. Interesting. Come, let us go down there and confuse their language so that they will not understand one another's speech. And so this is a story about how, why we have different languages. This is sort of the Bible's take on that god confuse their languages and as such if you've ever okay here's a good example <laughs> if you ever try to build something that you've ordered and you pull out the instructions and they're in french and you don't speak french yeah it's that hard to build it now imagine trying to build a city with foremen construction crew all that good stuff trying to build a ziggurat a ziggurat's probably what they're building with this tower either that or a pyramid um trying to do that, but everyone speaks a different language or different clans speak a different language. It makes it really, really hard. So that's the Lord's, um, way of punishing these people for basically their arrogance and disobedience to him. He's going to confuse their language. The Lord said, if His one people, okay, come, let's go down there. Confuse their language. So the Lord scattered them from there over the face of the whole earth and they stopped building the city. Therefore its name is called Babylon for there. The Lord confused the language of the whole earth. So, that's that's interesting. That's how Babylon got its name. Okay. There's something else I wanted to say about that. The fourth name was called Babylon, for the Lord confused the language of the whole earth. But, I can't remember what it was, so we're going to move on. Cool. And from there, the Lord scattered them over the face of the whole earth. Alright. Verse 10. Oh, man. More genealogies. These are the family... Oh! Okay. The other thing I wanted to say... It's just general. This is sort of political. But it's just, in general, why would God want people to be spread out? I don't know. I don't know the mind of God, but I will say this. Uh, When you get married, you're bringing two sinners together to live under one roof. And that's often hard. It's hard because as sinners, you are selfish, right? And you might have... uh, habits that are selfish that you do, and, and that can be grating between those two people. Unless you are giving deference to one another, laying your rights down, thinking about one another, and actually actively loving each other, you can have a rough marriage. Now, multiply that into a urbanization, a city, where you have tons of sinners, and it only makes sense that you end up having more crime in high urban areas versus rural areas, um, because where you have more sinners, you're more likely to have more sin. That's it. That's my that's my thoughts behind why God maybe doesn't want people living um, in urban centers. Uh, or I'm not saying that I live in Nashville. I'm not saying that's a sin to live in a city. Not at all. But perhaps it was just a way for Him to try to keep to keep these people f- from devolving into Sinfulness as quickly So People literally poop on the streets Of Los Angeles That's all I'm saying Moving on From Shem to Abraham These are the family records of Shem Shem lived 100 years and fathered Our Shad Two years after the deluge After he fathered our past Shad Shem lived 500 years and fathered other sons and daughters Our Shad lived 35 years and fathered Shayla Alright we're fathering people guys Fathering, 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 fathering I'm skipping Skipping, skipping, oh okay. Here we get to some important stuff. Um, after he fathered Okay, Terra, Terra, who is going to be this descendant from Shem, right? Cool. Uh, and remember, Shem is Noah's son. I believe. Let's double check that. Yeah, Shem is Noah's son. Is going to father eventually, like great 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 grandson, Terra. It's going to say, Terah lived 70 years and then fathered Abram, Nahor, and Haran. Now we're getting to some interesting uh, stuff because, once again, God has a plan. Things have gone bad again, but he has a plan, and he's going to use this man named Abram, who you could guess is later going to be called Abraham, um, to exact his plan. So these are family records of Terah. This is verse uh, 27 for those who are reading. Terah fathered Abram, Nahor, and Haran. And Haran Haran fathered Lot. So Lot is another important character. That is going to be Abram's nephew. So Haran died in his native land in Ur of the Chaldeans during his father Terah's lifetime. That's sad. Abram and Nahor took wives. Abram's wife was named Sarai. And she's going to be a character later on, too. Uh, as you can guess, her name will eventually be changed to Sarah. And Nahor's wife was named Milka. She was the daughter of Haran, the father of both Milka and Iscah. Sarai was barren. She had no child. So Sarai is barren. She can't produce children. Terah took his son Abram, his grandson Lot, which was Haran's son, and also Abram's nephew, and his daughter-in-law Sarai, his son Abram's wife, and they set out together from Ur of the Chaldeans to go to the land of Canaan. But when they came to Haran, they settled there. Terah lived 205 years and died in Haran. Now the very next chapter, that's the end of chapter 11, the very next chapter is going to talk about uh, Abram and God calling Abram. And I'm really excited. I don't know if it's in the next chapter. It's probably a little bit from here, but God's going to make a covenant with Abraham, And it's so important that we study this because it explains why Jesus had to come and die for us. It explains why God took it upon himself to wrap himself in flesh in the form of Christ to die for us. And it all goes back to a covenant he's going to make with Abraham here eventually. Abram is going to act a fool multiple times just like Noah getting drunk passing out super naked then cursing his grandson Abram's going to screw up also we're going to find that out in the next chapter when he visits Egypt Uh, so we'll cross that bridge when we get to it thank you guys so much for popping into the world's last night until next time